welcome to The Feminist Critique. I'm Ajlene. And I'm Gracie. And this podcast is where we watch movies and then we talk about it for a little bit and then we put them to the both feminist and inclusive tests and uh, we see how they match up. But then we ask the question, the most important question, is the movie good? Yeah, because in the end... That's all that really matters. Yeah. And today... Fuck feminism. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> today is the first in our anime month series. It's Aisling's birthday month, and I'm not going to say how old she's going to be. I'm going to be 30, okay? I'm not ashamed of my fucking age. <laughs> I came out... going to uh, cry... I came out the same year that this movie that we're going to talk about came out, okay? Well, like, just before this movie, like, a few months. But, like, yeah, I came out of my mom's vagina, and that's just how it happened almost 30 years ago. Okay? There. I said it. Fantastic. (laughs) So, we're going to be talking about Akira from 1988. Yeah. So... Okay. Uh, so this movie was, um, it was directed by Katsuhiro, uh, Otomo, I think that's how you say it, but I said it real slow. Fuck. Okay, so yeah, we're gonna have, I'm gonna have a problem saying some of the names because, um, yeah. You're not a native Japanese speaker. Exactly. Like, I may be a weeaboo, but I'm not going to fucking say it properly because, you know, I, it's hard. Um, for the uninformed, what's a weeaboo? Oh, I'm okay. about me. I don't know what a weeaboo is. Oh, okay. Um, for the uninformed, <laughs> a weeaboo is basically, um, I guess, like, person who's not Japanese that's like really into Japanese culture but like to the point that it's like very uncomfortable and they think everything is in Japan is like anime which uh, obviously that's fucking stupid that'd be like everything in America is like our movies which it's not. Or everyone in America is like our president right? (laughs) Yeah or er everybody in America is super fat and like eats hamburgers all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's actually the truth, but, you know, not everybody. I mean, there's some oh, vegans. Um, um, or to quote or to quote our wonderful friend from New York, um, it's like everyone in the South is married to their cousin <laughs> or some dumb shit. Aren't you? I don't know. No. You're not? I'm married at all. Yeah. I defy the stereotype. She's single. <laughs> come on, guys. Come and get her. Mm. <laughs> this is not a dating call. Oh, what? It's not? <laughs> oh, that's the only reason why I was doing the podcast. I like legit. I know. It's so funny because I actually do tell people on like Tinder, I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally like podcast. And then they listen to the podcast and they actually think it's pretty good. So, like, I mean, there's that. But then again, I think they may be lying because they want to get in my pants. <laughs> and that's the first that is the way to my heart is tell me that I'm awesome and then I'll totally put out because that's the sort of slut I am oh honey <laughs> <not a> slut. <laughs> what 
Yeah, Actually, yeah. there's nothing wrong with being a slut. There's nothing wrong with being a whore. You know, this is a very sex-positive podcast. It's true. You do you. Exactly. See, I like to make those jokes about myself, but that is because I'm actually a horrible human being. But when it comes to other people, you do you. Like, have as much sex as you want. Have as little sex as you want. I mean, it's your life. It's not my life. So, unless I want to have sex with you. (laughs) And then we're going to have to talk about it. Well, yeah, obviously. is key. Well, exactly. Gone. Whew, this is this has gone in a weird direction. I'm just gonna go and jump off a bridge right now. <laughs> oh my god. Can you just get back to giving the statistics? Also, in case you guys haven't noticed, um, Gracie here doesn't know anything about anime or Japanese culture, and so Aislinn is basically going to be doing all the statistics for this month, and then I'm going to jump back in when uh when June gets here. God. Aisling's I mean, I want... Do homework this month. Fuck, Aisling didn't do much for homework today. <laughs> Fuck. Um, no, I did. Like, I know stuff about this. But uh, anyways, so um, do we usually talk about uh, the people who wrote it? Anyways, we the do. guy... The screenplay was also written by the guy who directed it. And the guy who directed it also wrote the uh, the manga, which uh, is a 2,000-page manga that started in, I believe, 1982 and didn't actually finish until two years after the film ended or the film came out, right? So, like, this was a long... Um, this was, like, a whole huge series, but they made a film before it ended because that's what Japan kind of does. They, like, you know, they start things before things actually end and then, you know, you're left with a ton of filler, Naruto, or no, worst, Bleach. <laughs> Fucking Bleach. The worst. I didn't, I didn't read any of that in high no, school. No, of course you no. didn't. You didn't read any anime because you thought it was stupid. God. I did not. Okay, what did you read? I had plenty of friends that loved manga. I just was not a fan of it. Well, you didn't read the right I, one. But then I, well, I don't like graphic novels. So why would I like manga if I don't like graphic novels? Not to mention, when I did try to read them, it was a little difficult for my eyes to understand that I had to read right to left. (laughs) You get used to it. No. Yeah, but obviously you didn't get used to it because you didn't give it a chance. See, here at the Feminist Critique, we uh, reveal that Gracie never gave anime or manga a chance. That is bullshit. <laughs> I loved Sailor Moon as a child, okay? Oh, who and didn't? I just, recent, I just recently finished the dubbed version, like the first three seasons. It was fucking amazing. The and dubbed the version? Dub- oh, yeah, the, the new dubbed, dubbed version, version. Which we're going to get Ooh. into later, I know. Okay. Oh, God, that's, a, that's a whole nother. No, no, listen. That's like a whole nother thing that we are not getting into right now. So, like... Um, anyways, statistics, still a thing. Yeah, get, get um, us the cast. Oh, God, I'm going to have a hard time with uh, the, the voice actor names, but, um, because there was, there's quite a few from, like, both sides. Um, well, you only, well, I have those, actually, if you want me to okay. give it a shot. Okay. Okay. Um, Mitsuo Iwata, Iwata, yep. was... Canada? No, it's 
Shataro. Last names are actually um, first names. Or, wait. It's backwards. Okay, well, I watched I watched the dub version, and everybody called him Kanita. Oh. I thought it was Shotaru. Oh, yeah, I guess. Oh. Fuck, I don't know. I'm really I'm bad either, at this. But he did the voice. Um, he was in. He did voice acting for Dragon Ball. He's doing voice acting for Dragon Ball Super, and he did voice acting for One Piece. I know about both of those shows, but I've never watched them. Okay. Um, Nazamu Sasaki was Tetsuo, and he was in. Yu Yu Hakusho and Last Naruto. Oh, fine. Uh, fun movie. fact about that. Uh, with um, okay, so he did the voice of Yusuke, uh, Yurish, uh, Yuramesha, or Meshi. Oh fuck, I fucked it. I dicked it up. Okay, please stop making fun of me. Um, okay, so the main character of Yu Yu Hakusho, which is actually the first favorite anime of our friend who lives in New York, so, um, that's, like, a fun fact thing, maybe. Not really. Whatever. <laughs> he doesn't listen. He doesn't care. Yeah, he actually does not give a fuck about our podcast, so, like, fuck him, okay? <laughs> can go to hell. Watch this be the first episode <laughs> uh yeah yeah probably um okay so the one who did kai's voice uh was uh mommy uh koyama and um she was in a bunch of the original dragon ball yeah millennium actress uh naruto shippuden uh recently she was um in Black Lagoon, Gundam Seed, and then there's... He, she was also in Millennium Actress, which... Oh, no, that's not the one I was thinking about. I think that's Perfect Blue. Anyways. Um, but, yeah, just... She, she was in stuff. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not, I promise. Okay. Um, I think the last person of importance... I didn't get the general's name. I don't even know Colonel. his name. Um... Well, I have uh, Ryu's voice actor was Tesho Ginda, and he worked on Ghost in the Shell and Dragon Ball Z Fusion Reborn. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, and then the doctor, I didn't get his information, or the, or the um the general dude. No, he's still alive. <laughs> the the guy who did that voice is actually st- still alive in ninety, um, and he did. Oh, no, he was in, like, live-action stuff. Hmm. Yeah, so he did the narration for Beauty and the Beast in J- Japan, so. Nice. Yeah, and uh, did a lot of narration for, um, like, dubbing roles of American movies. Good. S- so yeah, nice. um, now I do want to talk a little bit about the English voice actors because there's actually two different ones, but we're not going to get into it because it's it, there's a lot. 
Um, well, I don't. I don't care about the American voice actors. Well, even I do. I watched the two thousand one. Yeah, dub. but I still, I still want to talk about it because I feel like it is important. There was one version that was done in nineteen eighty nine, which I've watched previously, and it is not very good. It is, <laughs> it is really hard to watch. Um, and that was one that I streamed online. Uh, the one that I actually did watch though was uh, the one that was produced by uh, Genion, which uh, Pioneer, um, and that was before they uh, amalgamated with uh, Funimation. So now all of those uh, products like Tenchi Muyo and like a a bunch of other ones are now part of the Funimation like umbrella. But that one was done in 2001 and it's it's a lot better. Uh, There is a few notable people who are quite... quite well known in the uh, in the different circles uh, and that is Johnny uh, Young Bosch yeah Young Jan Bosch um, he was Vash the Stampede in Trigun um, of course he was you know the main character in a, uh, the one we're talking about uh, in Sailor Moon Crystal he voices Artemis he's done video games he's done different series um, kid shows Naruto uh, the melancholy of Haru Haruhai Sazumiya see I just like I think re- you gave enough examples yeah, so like he's done, he's done a lot. He's been around. Um, also, Wendy Lee, she's been around in several different uh, animes throughout the years. Uh, she's worked on Bleach, Love Hina, Outlaw Star. Um, she was also in the new Sailor Moon as Queen Serenity. Um, f- most notably, though, she was Faye Valentine in Cowboy Bebop, which is considered um, much better of a du- one of the best dubs out there um, and is actually like I actually prefer it to the um, to the to the subbed version. Oh, and fun fact, she also voiced somebody in uh, Power Rangers, and the guy who, like, played the main character, he was in the Power Rangers at one point, like, live action. Jesus Christ, there's like 30,000 Power Rangers, okay? Yeah, but he still was in it, so screw you, girl. <laughs> Hate you. Uh, um, um, there's there's a lot of others, uh, notable actors that have been around, been around for several years. Um, I would just look at the ID, ID, fuck. IMDB? Yeah, that one. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, <laughs> I love you, and sorry. Don't hate me. God. I love you, girl. Marry me. <laughs> I'm down on one knee in front of you with a ring, and you're not saying you're not going to marry me, you bitch. <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Love you. That's like every incel ever. <laughs> oh my god, that's kind of what's in this movie, and it. Ugh. Oh, girl, yes. Um. Okay, so <laughs> now we're gonna talk about the actual um movie. So it starts off uh in 1988 July, and there is a massive. Well, first, I mean, I. Oh yeah, you're right. Never mind, you said 1988. I fucked up. Girl. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. I fucked up, too. I fucked up my entire life. 
<laughs> pew, <Same>. pew, pew. <laughs> so um, there's been a massive explosion uh, that like annihilates Tokyo. So that's real cool, I guess. Not at all. Um, and it's, that's you know, not dystopian at all. Well, I mean, you have to think, though, about what um, this time period, especially, let's say, when uh, the manga came out, which was the early 80s, like it had only been about 40 years, like less than 40 years the before the um, the the atom bombs had hit both Hiroshima and uh, Nagasaki. Right. So there's still right. people alive who there's people alive who like remember that. Right. So this is something that is ingrained in Japanese culture. Um, and I think that, you know, that's like the slight, um, fuck, what's the word? Inspiration for this. Um, but yeah, anyways, it triggers uh, a thermonuclear war, World War III, which again, this was created in the 80s. This was a serious concern back then, right? Especially with the arms race that was Russia and the U.S., uh, during this time period, like it was it was a big deal. Like we don't remember it because again, the movie came out thirty years ago, but this was something that, you know, was in the conscious of this time period. Um yeah. and so, then we flash forward after that big huge bang to ni- uh, two thousand nineteen Neo Tokyo, which yeah, well, it's many years later, um, 31 years. Neo Tokyo looks like New York now. Um, yeah, I guess you could say that, right? That's I think what it's I still. I thought when I was watching it, I was like, who? I mean, it's dirty. And it's not New York's fault that New York is dirty. It's that. Like... It's just the people. <laughs> no, no, no. It's nothing like that. It's just she that, needs um, the people. you know, in New York, like, the reason that the traffic. There's no, there's no real trash system or something like that. Like, their trash system is a lot different than it is here. And so the garbage piles up a lot in those alleys until it gets picked up. And it's an overcrowded city. So, and that, that but that's is- the thing though. Like, it, it does have that, um, that feel of like that overcrowded New York sort of vibe. Uh, there, mm-hmm. which is not what Tokyo is like. Then again, I've never, I haven't actually been to Tokyo, so I don't know what it's like to live there. But they have a pretty low crime rate, and they have, um, a pre- like, they're considered very clean. They have, you know, recycling programs. Um, yeah. Again, I've never been there, so I can't really say for sure. But you know, uh, based off of like different statistics, and you know what should have read online i guess you know that's that's kind of that's what i like to believe so you know if you are japanese and you actually know this shit uh make sure to email us the feminist pod fuck the feminist critique at gmail.com um so yeah um we open this movie like and there's like street gangs on motorbikes trying to kill each other yeah and then there's also like there's a lot of um 
anti-government protests that seem to be going on. Now, this is kind of like a background to what we're actually looking at, and that is um, these street gangs, which uh, they're they're basically motorcycle street gangs, right? And um, one of them is led by a young man who uh, is apparently 15, 16 in like this movie. So, okay. Um, but... Uh, He's drawn older. They're all drawn older. They're like only teenagers. I know, they all looked like 20 to me. Yeah, I was thinking like they were 20. Like, it, when I first watched this, I was about their age, right? So I watched this and I'm like, oh, they totally look the same age as me. That's totally, yeah, that's how life's going to be in 10 years. Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, no, they do act a lot older. And um, I mean... The, the fact is, too, that these are um, kids that, like, grew up, I believe, in an orphanage sort of thing, right? That's not the correct term, but they grew up in the system, uh, didn't have parents, so they were kind of, like, off doing their own thing and go to, like, this school that's known for shitheads, right? So, um <laughs> They've got, you know, this motorcycle gang. They've also got rivals called the clowns. So uh, the clowns are basically the insane clown posse um, on steroids. And I mean... Oh, come on now. Insane clown posse's not bad. No, they're good people. I don't get it, but they are good people. Now, these are actual bad guys that like clown makeup. So not quite, um, you know, juggalos, but kind of juggalos like they definitely were watching were listening to some insane clown posse i don't did that even exist in 1984 <laughs> no no but oh, maybe geez. that was the inspiration who knows fucking magnets um, <laughs> yeah so goals. one of the things i noticed uh like there's a lot going on in the first 10 minutes of this movie, 15 minutes of this movie. Yeah. It's basically a lot of action shots, and you have three different areas. You have, like, the kid that's running away with this guy, and then you have the fight that's being taken between the two uh, bike gangs, and then you also have the protesting, and the police are brutal and I was like and I think I think they're just trying to set the scene for what this movie is about right because um rather than just you know point blank telling you what this movie is about it uses um actions yeah to go hey this is what this world is like and um it really just kind of sets that scene of like hey the world's pretty fucking shitty at this point it's basically America um now so, um, this movie, in my this movie has predicted, um, what it's going to be like in like a year's time. So cool. Um, well, I mean, my note was the Japanese police are acting like modern day U.S. officers. Oh girl, if our friend listens to this, he's not going to like it. Well, okay. Most police officers are good, but the system is bad. Okay. That's yeah. all I'm going to say on it. Like we know that our friend is a good person. But he is also a police officer. Yeah. And, you know, like, he might be a good person, but the system itself is rather oppressive. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, there's that. That's, that's all I'm going to say on the matter. 
Okay, so what we're also seeing is, um, like, the kid that's running away, he's running with a man. Like, we, we don't actually know who this guy is. Um, but then the police um, catch the two of them. And, like, they fucking just shoot. They shoot at the dude. And then they stop only They're when like, they see that there's a kid a there. Shoot him! Pretty That's much. That's I put that. Yeah. It could have been a cell phone. You never know. But it was actually a gun. And there was a lot of blood. Lot yeah, of blood. this... This movie, um... This movie has, like, inspired uh, a lot of things, which I'll get to a little bit later, but... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very violent movie and, um, which is like, I mean, it was the eighties. There was a lot of fucking violent movies. So. Oh my God. The eighties is Trey violence. Let's be real. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Like every movie was a dystopian third world. Oh my God. The world's going to end a movie. Yeah. But they were only predicting the future, which. We live in a dystopia right now. This is the darkest timeline. Well, actually, no, it could probably get way worse, but, you know. Well, we aren't World War II level yet, but I feel like we're going to get there at this rate. Well, yeah, like, at this point, you know, and first of all, like, both me and Gracie live in, like, communities away from actual, where actual shit's going down. Like, I live in Alberta, like, northern Alberta, where I, it's the middle of nowhere and gracie lives in the south south carolina yeah well like Like, (laughs) where they all fuck their cousins (laughs) i mean i'm not exactly in the center of the action but there's enough of it going around that i'm like what the fuck am i watching yeah gracie at this point is a liberal in the south so um please pray for her uh, thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. They're, they're rather useless, but you can give them to me anyway. <laughs> you can shove your thoughts and prayers up your ass. Hi. Anyways, um, God, we're never going to finish this fucking broadcast. <laughs> um, okay, so... <laughs> um, fuck. The kid runs away, and as this is happening, the stuff with Kanita and... Um, Tetsuo. 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 They're, you know, having this huge fight with this other biker gang. And then Tetsuo manages to uh, deflect one of the dudes, but then he runs straight into this kid. And then there's, like, a fucking light and, like, shit gets shiny. And it's, like, blinding. The military is there. Yeah, they they jump the fuck down and they're like, okay, we're going to steal, we're going to get the kid back uh, because they're the ones after the kids and that's why that guy was like all scared and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they also take Tetsuo with them for um, experimentations. Um, at that point, that's when the cops arrive and um, they collect uh, Canada. Canada? I'm just going to call him Canada. That's what it sounded like every time they said his name. I'm just going to call... His name is now Canada. His name is now Canada and his gang. So, (laughs) fuck. (laughs) Um, But anyways, so they are taken in by the police and they're interviewed. And, of course, they're all like, we don't know fucking nothing. We're just a bunch of punks. What? Um, Oh, my God. My mother was on her deathbed. 
Yeah, or some shit. Because I guess there's a curfew, I believe, for young people or just for people in general. And that's why, you know, all these protests in the street that late at night is considered, you know, kind of a shitty thing. And, like, there's a lot of people in that lobby, too, who are all getting arrested. And um, one of... He ends up spotting... Uh, somebody that we kind of saw at the beginning uh, or kind of at the beginning who was watching when the guy got shot and the kid started to run away. And that is um, her name is Kay or Kai. And um, Kay. she's an activist. Uh, she belongs to the resistance movement and she tricks. Um, she doesn't trick them, but like Canada uh, tricks them uh, into releasing her. Because he thinks she's hot. So. Oh my god, I know. And then they get out, and she's like, oh, gee, thanks. And he's like, yeah, you know, you're kind of hot. Like, we should totally go out. And she's like, um, actually, I'm going to go this way. And she leaves. And then he calls her a cold bitch. Nice guy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a nice guy with a fedora. So. <laughs> he's like, I saved you. And don't she's like, you, don't, don't I deserve a date? I saved you. Like, fuck off, dude. No. Well, so first of all, she did not ask to be saved. Right? Like, she he could have just left her. Interrogated. Yeah. Like, she could have been left alone. And like, we don't know what would have happened. But like, it, yeah, it, it, she doesn't. <laughs> uh, he doesn't deserve a date for helping her out. Yeah, like, fuck you. I put in my notes, nice guy, TM. Yeah, so... <laughs> Trademark. Yeah. <laughs> and this was, like, 30 years ago, so this proves that nice guys have always existed. And when we say nice guys, we don't mean nice guys. Yeah, I'm sorry. If you have to say you're a fucking nice guy, then you're probably not a nice guy. You don't have I to... I hate guys that do that. Like, like I'm a just a nice topic, guy. Not really. That's true. I'm it's like, I'm nice just... a guy, though. But they, they, like, play victim, I guess. I'm such a nice guy. I don't understand. I don't know why women don't like... I don't... wonder why women don't like me. Ooh, maybe it's because you're a fucking a nice fake piece of shit. I don't know. Like, if you're only being nice because you want to have sex with someone, that's not being nice. No. That's being manipulative, so fuck off. So, um... On the other hand, uh, what we're seeing is the colonel and uh, the doctor have discovered that uh, Tetsuo has, or Tetsuo, yeah, I said it right, whatever. Um, he has powerful psychic abilities similar to Akira. Now, we don't know what Akira is at this point, right? But, um, like, it kind of explains, but he's basically an Asper that um, was responsible for Tokyo's destruction. So, yeah. They, they, yeah. They, they, he's, like, the reason why that fucking bomb went off, or whatever, the massive explosion mm -hmm. happened way back in the day, right? Um, but, you know, Tetsuro, he wakes up, and, like, he's having these horrible dreams... And he manages to escape. And when he does, um, he he finds his girlfriend. What's her name? Kari. 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 Yeah, he finds his girlfriend Kari. And then he's like, we have to run away before they find me. And uh, so he gets Kari and then he steals Canada's bike. And 
then they get stopped by this street gang, and then she almost gets raped. And that fucker was more concerned about the damn bike than he was about her. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. The guys in this, this are, this like, not that great. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I think the reason I didn't particularly care for this movie, because this is my first time watching it, wasn't necessarily because it's science fiction. I'm not a big science fiction fan. But I think it's because I didn't like anybody in it. Like, they were all shitheads. The only one I even kind of liked was Kay, and I didn't see her that much. Yeah. They, it was hard for me to empathize with them because they were all dicks. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I didn't, I had no empathy for them. I didn't care if they lived. I didn't care if they died because they were all horrible, in my opinion. That was, that was just me. Yeah. I mean, they're not, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. This movie is like a fucking classic. But, like, and I think that's why I liked this movie. But there are, you know, scenes in this movie that, I think they're they're there to show the brutalization of what this world is like and the shit that people have to go through. Um, now, she, yeah, Kari kind of gets the shit end of the stick on this case, right? So she gets, like, she's trying to help him out and, like, she gets punched in the face and her shirt ripped and, like, it, it's not cool, right? But what ends up happening is... Um, the uh, the rest of the team from uh, from the bike game, uh, which I believe are called the capsules. Oh yeah, that makes sense because their fucking jacket has a fucking capsule on it. Uh, <laughs> idiot. Um, but anyways, so they end up intervening and saving them from the clowns, and um, they end up. Uh, what's the word? Um, Tetsu's like freaking out and shit. Like he's got pretty bad headaches and hallucinations um like he's not doing too well yeah no he's really not no but like he does say her name one time he's like what happened kira and then then like they go to you know oh this is a nice bike and he's like leave that fucking bike alone and then when the people show up like he's not even grateful he's fucking pissed at at Canada, like, I could have fucking handled it. I'm yeah, that's the thing. Like, his character <laughs> in general, um, obviously has an issue with being considered weak because he, ha- you know, he has this friend that, like, I guess has been, like, taking care of him and, like, making sure that, you know, yeah, bad Kenita's shit doesn't happen like to him. Yeah, older brother. Yeah, Canada's, yeah. like, his older brother, you know, always looking out for him, making sure he's okay. Yeah, and Tetsuo doesn't like that because he wants to become his own person. Um, and uh, you have to think, though, like, especially at this age group, like 15, 16, that's when, you know, teenagers are starting to, like, make their own way in the world. And uh, so this, them actually being shitheads kind of does make sense because of their age and the immaturity that is behind that. They think mm-hmm. that they're adults, but they're not really. They think they're adults, but they don't have that uh, prefrontal cortex developed. Yeah, that too. That's what my English teacher used to always joke about. She's like, women mature faster than men because women's prefrontal cortex matures faster than a man's does. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know if that was scientifically true, but I thought it was funny. Um, so what happens the next part? Oh, so the government agents end up taking uh, Tetsuo away again to the hospital um, because they, like, basically want to do experiments and shit on him. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, we meet another one of those gray kids, and she has this prophecy that Tets- uh, Tetsuo is going to cause another atomic blast. Yeah. And then there's also that other weird kid that's, like, on the power chair stuff. I know. He's... I, I don't know any of their names. I can't remember. Uh, well, the, the, the girl, her name is uh, Kiyoko, and then there's also uh, Takashi and uh, Matsuro, and they're all uh, called Aspers, which um, means they have psychic abilities. Yeah. Um... So, after she has this prophecy, we see Tetsuo, he's having a really hard time, he's thrashing everywhere in his bed, and, like, there's toys that are all around his bed, and then the toys, they start to, like, come the fuck alive and turn into these weird creatures. Yeah. It was the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. Well... (laughs) Yeah, the thing with like this <laughs> this time period through anime, too, um, just a little bit of history, there's a lot of weird anime that came out during this time period, and the reason for that is that um, most of these movies had creative control of their own, so they could do all this weird shit, like creative weird shit, and um, they didn't have a studio saying, like, uh, no, that's fucking stupid, like, why, why even, like... And that's why this time period, like, after Akira came out, it kind of, um, I want to say a renaissance of of sorts when it came to uh, anime that came after Akira because, you know, there was all that, um, like, it was a time period where they could do a lot with, um, with story and creativity. And, I mean, some of the best stuff came out during this during this time of, like, the early uh, 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got that all from, um, oh, what the fuck's his name? It's like a YouTuber. <laughs> uh, fuck, well, I can't I, even I, think. This is what I put in my notes after this, you know, when Tetsuo realizes he has all these powers. It's like the post-nuclear radiation version of Carrie. Yeah. That's what, uh, Tets, Tetsuo's kind of development in this movie is very Carrie-like, you yeah. know? You know, because in the original movie of Carrie, the girl, she finds out that she has these telekinetic powers, and then the bullying culminates in her murdering all of her classmates. <laughs> um, I was actually and, talking about Carrie today, because uh, the movie The Craft came out. Uh, like, 22 years ago, and I was like, yeah, it's like Carrie with, like, more hot girls and less pig's blood. <laughs> also less death. That too. Uh, um, okay. Yeah, the original, the original Carrie is bloody. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Why no? I fucking saw it, but... And then they made, like, they remade it, and it was, like, not as good. It's awful. Um, okay, so... 
uh, yeah, he freaks out and like he ends up. It turns out that like the weird toys uh, is actually the the kids. The kids, um, they're not actually kids. They're um, they're just trapped as children. Yeah, they're actually like in their mid forties to like late forties. They're just like trapped as like in chill uh, childlike bodies because other psychic abilities and they have like like the one has like this weird gray green skin and they're like all super pale and like like get some fucking vitamin d pills geez (laughs) some bronzer yeah i mean obviously all that scientific testing has you know turned them that way and like the girl she's got a bad immune system i guess because she's kept almost in a glass bubble yeah um like and she's then the a- one kid can't walk so he's in the in the thing that drives around on air and shit yeah and then the one kid can but like he's also not doing that well yeah they're they're pretty fucking sick yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so um uh, the, there's a lot of like other stuff that's going on behind the scenes, like um, Ka- Canada, oh, fuck, uh, and Kai um, are working with the resistance group, and uh, they're all gonna go in and save uh, Tetsuo, right? And yeah, um, and then you there's know, the general dude who wants more funding from the parliament, and they're like, "Fuck it, we already gave you all this money." Yeah. Um, and he, he get mad. Well, and then he basically creates a coup. Yeah. <laughs> Down with capitalism. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> well, that's what it said. Yeah, it did. He's like, you're slaves to capitalism or some shit. We shouldn't be fighting amongst ourselves. I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so weird because I was watching this and I'm like, we are slaves to capitalism. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Um, just kidding. Oh, Lord Jesus. (laughs) I'm kidding. Maybe. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, so... I kind of... Um, that's the thing, like, a lot happens in this. Well, some of the themes, I think, have transcended. Like, you know, the revolutionary-style stuff. Like, these people are, uh, revolution... Trying to start a revolution against a corrupt government. Mm -hmm. Um... Uh, they don't agree with the government's policies. At least this government is like, we need to stop funding the mer- military and funding health care. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, or welfare. They said welfare. I yeah. was like, holy shit. That's progressive. Yeah. And of course, the military dude is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? No, I need this money. Um. Uh, so, yeah. at this point, um... Uh, Kiyoko actually takes Kai as a medium. Um, oh, yeah, because they actually do go and save Tetsuo, right? But uh, he ends up, like, freaking the fuck out, and he ends up killing a bunch of people, uh, like, armed guards that are, you know, there to, like, put him back to bed or some shit. And, like, he just fucking... like. And the music behind this by the way, is so good. Like, it's it comes up at the right spots, and it really, like, uh, sets the tone of this 
of this movie, right? And like that moment, I completely moment... agree. I I thought the soundtrack was like perfectly in sync with what was going on. Oh, exactly. Like that one part where it was like the music just like it went up as like that. F- those fucking bodies were splattering the fucking walls. Like, <laughs> pew. There was a lot of blood. A lot, a lot of blood. Of blood. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um. Yeah, this movie. It's good. I, I thought I liked this movie. Fuck. Anyways, so um, they obviously don't really rescue uh, Tetsuo because Tetsuo he don't need rescuing. He needs. To He's like fuck you, Canada. I can do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what the U.S. says to us all the time. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, Canada's useless in a war. But at least we know more. Fuck. <laughs> at least we know what to do. Way more than you guys do. We have more than one job. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Patriotism is bad. Um. ASMR. Okay. <laughs> I just started whispering. I don't know. Oh god. I'm like, fuck. I'm tired today. I don't know what my deal I can is. Tell. Um. So anyway, after that big huge blow up or whatever, uh, Canada. <laughs> no, that was just the bodies. <laughs> Kanita and Kay get detained in like this cell, and you know Kay starts explaining. Not it's not really her talking about it. It's the Kyoko. The little well, yeah. Um, basically explaining what Akira is, and apparently Akira is ultimate energy. And, you know, what was the energy that started the amoeba? What energy created the universe? You know, that's basically what Akira is. And he's like, you're saying that Tetsuo is an amoeba that's trying to eat everything? Overdramatic (laughs) much, dude? Chill the fuck out. Fucking teenagers. (laughs) They're always dramatic. (laughs) Like... Kay is the least dramatic, least dramatic person in this whole thing, and it's because she's controlled by another person the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this um. They break out, which yeah. I thought was funny. I thought that was funny. It's like when they're leaving in the dub. Uh, you know, he's like, "This is too easy. It's a trap," and she's like, "Oh, you're not gonna go," and he's like. No, I'm going to go. I want to see how much of a trap it is. <laughs> Macho man. Yeah. It's fucking funny. I did get a good chuckle out of that. Because I have dumbasses that would do it. Yeah. This feels like a trap. I'm going to do it anyway. Pretty much. But yeah, he. Um, they end up getting like uh, a laser rifle. So that's cool. He uses it. <laughs> um, but at this point, Tetsuo starts going like... He, like, leaves, and he's, like, you know, chilling around. Well, he's not chilling, but he's, like, going around the city or whatever, flying. I don't know. Uh, and then he, like, you know, takes a bit of, like, I want to say a flag or something. Like, it's a fucking red rip turns thing. Turns it into a cloak. Yeah, he, like, turns it into a cloak, because I guess that makes him look cooler, maybe. Yeah. He was high on that ego, son. Yeah. <laughs> well, once you get ultimate power, it's, like... A motherfucker, I can fly. I know. When he fell out the window, he's like, I can do this too. Awesome. Yeah. 
so he oh ends God. up like going to the Olympic Stadium's construction site where there is, um, I guess underneath it, there's a chrono, like a cry- cryonetic uh, storage. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's supposedly that's where Akira is, right? And, like, at this point, we're going to find out what the fuck Akira is. Or, yeah. Yeah. What the fuck they've been talking about this whole time. Yeah, like, on the way there, though, there's, like, a lot of explosions. Well, and there's also another part here. Um, So there is, like, a cult going on uh, behind the scenes. It doesn't really explain that part, but you can kind of tell. And there's, like, you know, some dude i guess who's like you know got prayer beads and he's like oh akira's gonna come back to us all and we're gonna live a rich life so basically a religion lord akira yeah so like basically religion um that's what the metaphor is that is the easy metaphor akira is jesus okay (laughs) (laughs) what Uh. um so yeah, that's like the, the that's kind of behind there, right? And uh, oh, and and while Tetsuo was doing his march through the city with people following him, uh, Ryu, who was working with K as part of the resistance, um, also he had like a business arrangement with one of the Parliament members. And at this point, the Parliament members are being arrested and executed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes in, and he's like. Listen, I failed, and you know I lost two of my best men. And then the parliament member's like, "You sold me out," and he shoots him. But the guy doesn't die. Um, I don't know why that parliament member was parliament member was green. Maybe it's like an envy thing, like a greed thing. Because well, he had all that money in his in his bag and like shit, right? Like a visual right? metaphor for his greediness, I guess. Yeah. Um, there's also the case of, like, some of the other stuff that went behind the scenes is, um, Tetsuo goes to, like, their old local hangout, right? Um, and I forget what he was, like, I think he was, like, looking for, uh, Canada's bike. Um, so he goes and he, like, kills the owner of, like, the, the hangout. And then, like, two of the members of the gang, the capsules, go in and see that, like, the owner is dead. And then they see Tetsuo and, like, the one guy who's, like, more of the toughy sort of type. He's like, fuck you. What the fuck are you doing? Right? And then, like, Tetsuo kills him. So, nice nice friend there. A lot of people. Yeah. Not they exactly. Tried to kill Canada a lot too. <laughs> but then, like the other guy, though the one with the tie and like the messy hair that basically looks like a character out of the Gorillas, he goes running off. Um, like, Fuck you! You're not gonna kill me. <laughs> well, basically, and he's like the the dude to tell uh, Canada of like what Tetsuo is doing and where he's heading and some shit, right? I, I assume. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so um. What what's happening is Tetsu wants to go to where the or where Akira is and find out what it is. So he ends up like using his powers or some shit. He also takes yeah, a bunch of is, drugs too. Like he yeah, this is like this is like twenty minutes of a long action shot of him making his way across the city to the 
yeah. to where the uh, thing is. Like, it's a lot of action. A lot of shit is exploding, but not a lot happens. Um, then he finally gets there, and he unearths Akira, only to find out that Akira is just a whole bunch of, you know, parts of body that are in different uh, frozen capsules. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, Akira was a was a child um, who had, like, really had psychic abilities, and he, you know, caused that explosion, which decimated Tokyo, and they took his remains and put it underground because they wanted to, like, control. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully that would, like, never happen again or some shit, Mm -hmm. so. Yep. Yeah, so um, there's a lot of fighting after he finds that out. Uh, Canada is yeah. like, Tetsuo! And then, you know, Tetsuo's like, Canada! And then, like, there's the colonels in there, too. But, like, one of the other things is Kyrie goes to Tetsuo, and uh, they're, like, just hanging out, and then, like, Tetsuo becomes a bit of a cunt, right? So... He's, well, uh, I mean, before before she gets there, like, this thing happens where half of his arm gets ripped off. Yeah, there's, like, a bit of a fight and thing. Like, and then he winter soldiers a new arm. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That's a good Marvel reference, damn it. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's what it reminded me of. I'm sorry. It was like, Don't you think, <laughs> though, with this movie being, you know, before, that... Uh, the Winter Soldier, Soldier Tetsuoed his arm. <laughs> I don't know when Winter Soldier showed up in the comics. Oh, I don't fucking so, know either. I can't tell you who inspired who, but there was inspiration swapping. I'm telling you. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Um. But but then Corey shows up. Yeah. And she's like, I, Tetsuo, what's wrong? And he's like, my fucking arm got cut off, you bitch. But like, also, I, I made like this so new arm. Mean to her. Oh God, he is so like, fucking awful. I don't, I don't she's like done nothing wrong. Feeling. Like she's super nice too. She's just like, I want to help you, and he's like, smack, fuck, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> like, holy shit, Tetsuo, you are not like. We don't feel sorry for you. You are not pleading your case here. You're an ass. Like I, I never felt bad for him. I felt bad for her. And I called her dumb. I was like, why did you do that? Why did you go after the Oh, girl, she should have, like, she fucking should have run, like, run your ass away. You should have fucking. I know, especially when he started, like, convulsing and turning into this fat, veiny, throbbing, weird-ass Well, like, she had so much time to run her ass and away. she's just like, she's like, Tetsuo, what's happening? Well, I mean, bitch, run! run. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking go! Get out of here! I'll be real. If I saw that shit in real life, you wouldn't see me. I fucking be gone. (laughs) Um, yeah, and like, there's that part where like he absorbs her or some shit, and like he, yeah, it's she's like around him, and then like he basically smushes her, and like it just explodes. He's and he's the whole time. He's like, I can feel her pain. She's gonna die, and I can't stop it. 
And then he, like, absorbs Canada, too. And so they're both being wrapped around his weird-ass body. Like, this is the fucking weirdest thing I've ever seen, okay? <laughs> this part grossed me out more than Spirited Away. And there's a lot of vomiting in Spirited Away. <laughs> I like Spirited Away. But anyways, yeah. So, um... Yeah. And then he smushes her, and she explodes, and there's blood. <laughs> That is, I, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, Kari, poor, you know, poor thing. You know what it reminded me of? What? That part entangled where, she, where Eugene holds the thing and she's like, it's going to crush her. And he's just like a grape and then squeezes the grape. Oh, my God. I'm a terrible person. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, so that's a, that's what basically her body was, her little tiny body was smushed like a grape. Girl, you fucking, <laughs> you're awful. Um, yeah, that's so, really uh, she, awful. well, that's the thing, she dies, so, um. Yeah, she yeah, dies, but she's, she, that's the thing, she, again, India. no, you know what, she gets the shit end of the stick in this entire movie, okay? Like, she's just trying to help out her boyfriend, and, like, he ends up smushing her like a grape with his engorged fucking body. And, oh, God. (laughs) Engorged. His engorged dick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. That's how dicks work, okay? (laughs) What? They don't wrap around you and squeeze you like a grape? Man, I am having the wrong kind of sex. <laughs> oh, that's like that group. That's not how vaginas work. Okay, <laughs> gonna make one. That's not how dicks work. Okay. <laughs> what? It's not like a corkscrew, like a duck's dick. You're not into tentacles. I would have never guessed. <laughs> hey, you know what? I may like Japanese things, but tentacle porn is not one of them. Oh, man. I have come across... You know, uh, being around adults, you learn some stuff. Oh, honey. (sighs) Honey. Okay. Girl, tentacle porn, like, that's not a new thing. Everybody... I know it's not a new thing, but when I discovered it, it was new to me, and I freaked out by it. Like, I understand... Someone told me that that was put into existence because there was a lot of censorship... And you didn't have to censor a worm like you did a dick. What you don't you don't find tentacles sexy? Rubbing um, you all over your no. body? No, no I'll, I'll hard pass. <laughs> hard, very, 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 very hard pass. No, thank you. <laughs> but you know what? If you're is it hard that, like a dick? You, I'm not gonna kink shame. <laughs> No kink shaming. No kink it's shaming. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> not my cup of tea. But uh, you do you. Yeah. Yes. Um. Okay. Anyway, Tetsuo is blowing up like a fucking balloon. Yeah. <laughs> so that's and cool. Then the three kids are there. Oh yeah, this like, part's fucking we weird. We have to save him. It's not his fault. I was like, you bitches weren't there three seconds ago before he squeezed his girlfriend to death. Well, exactly, and that's the thing they like. Well, exactly, but you have to think like these kids are actually like full-grown fucking adults, right? Just Mm -hmm. I assume they have like adult minds, maybe I don't know. 
I don't know their lives. Um, even though they, yeah. Anyways. Um, so yeah, they, um, there's like this weird part where like Canada goes into like a weird void. I want to say that like Tetsu basically blows up. Like, some shit yeah. goes down. Um, and then there's, like, a lot of people dying outside of it. Like, that fucking bridge. Um, this was, like, a little bit earlier, but, like, when the cops were trying to stop uh, Tetsuo, that bridge collapsed, and, like, all of his followers, like, went into the fucking river, so... Well, that's the sea. compared to what happens here, because um, what, the, what the three people do is they unleash Akira's powers, and so guess what happens? Another fucking explosion. And yet, somehow, miraculously, while the city is torn to pieces, Kay and his friend are still alive. Well, because didn't they say, like, they actually saved the colonel and they were like, go to the bridge, you'll survive if you go to the or the tunnel. I guess they were under something that didn't get destroyed. Yeah, so, like, we don't know, but, like, I mean, I assume some people survived, but, you know, a lot of people probably... A lot of people died. Yeah, a lot lot of people people were just, you know, doing their own thing. Maybe they were making dinner, watching some TV, and then suddenly there was another fucking explosion. So, yeah. A lot of people died. Um, Because that's how I would die. I'd be, like, fucking making dinner and, like, shit would blow up and I'd just be, like, gone. And, like, I think I'd be okay with that because then, you know... At least it wouldn't be very painful. Well, I would just be gone. Like, I would... Well, kind of, like, you know... If I just turned dust, I'd be okay with that as long as it's not painful. (laughs) This is some weird talk, but, you know... Uh, I, I mean, like, let's be real here. If I had the choice, I wouldn't want to be in pain when I died, you know? Like, I have heard some gruesome stories of, like, especially murder victims and how it took them hours to die. And I'm like, oh, God, fuck, I hope that never happens to me. Like, it's that's one of the scariest things for me about facing my death. Because, you know, we're all mortal. We're all going to die. It's so funny because, like, I've gone to therapy and, like, the main thing we found out from my therapy sessions was I'm afraid of death. So, and the counselor was like, oh, well, you're just not really going to get over that. Like, that's just something that happens. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, cool. That's that's, well, that's awesome. a normal thing for everyone, though. And, like, I think that it's because it's fear of your own mortality. You know that Ooh. your life is I think the most of the thing forever. I'm, like, afraid of is dying in a hospital. Like, I've almost died a few times with the whole lupus thing. Like, that's how I'm probably going to go. But I would prefer to be at home and die from lupus. Like, lupus is going to get me one day. I'm okay with that. I just hope I'm, like, 80-something. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you are too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Like this, this shit got pretty. Well, I mean, yeah. I think it's relevant to the conversation, like what we're having. Somewhat. Yeah. Of, not really, but I don't care. It's still a conversation worth having. So, you know? um, this part in the movie is kind of like the weirdest shit ever. But yeah, like there's a big flash. Shit's going down. Um. There's a lot of, like, I don't know, voiceover stuff where they're talking about some... I, I don't want to say inspirational, but, like, metaphysical shit, I guess. 
that like yeah i'm too dumb to understand so that was yeah, cool it was weird and then all of a sudden it's over with and kanita's you know kneeling on a piece of rubble and k comes up and he's like oh you were saying my name i heard you you see like it was weird and then the movie's kind of over after that. You well, know, but that's the thing. Like, when it mentions this, right, um, uh, the children or whatever, like, they were trained and they could, like, they altered um, the to- Tokyo's destruction. So, like, they brought Canada or to back to his world, informing him that Akira will take... Tetsuo, Tetsuo to safety. Uh, and then they also mention that Kai has developed psychic powers. So cool, I guess. But then, yeah, they're in like Tokyo's bla- um, Tokyo Bay um, in like the flooded area as the city's like, you know, and kind of fucked up a bit. Um, but yeah, in the aftermath, um, it turns out that uh, Canada discovers that. Um, Kai has survived. Uh, they drive off into the ruins. Well, um, that one kid with the tie, he watches the sunrise over the new horizon. And um, Tetsuo, he, like, is, like, finally in control of his powers in, like, I guess an alternate dimension. And he triggers, like, a big bang and creates a new universe as, like, a god. Interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, happy ending for all, I guess. Except for poor Kure. Oh, well, you know, I'm sure she's in this other universe, maybe. And now that Tetsuo is like a god, he is going to create a new version made out of clay, and then he's going to create himself out of clay, and they're going to be the Adam and Eve. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so... One thing we didn't talk about while we were talking about this movie is sub versus dub. Yes. I know that that is a controversy in the anime fandom. Yeah. Like, overall. This is something that has honestly been going on for fucking decades. And, like, it just really needs to be put to rest. Because, like, holy shit. Here's the thing. I have a tension deficit disorder. It is very difficult for me to sit there and not be able to do anything else and read words on a screen. I watched this Korean film called The Concubine. It took me three days to watch an hour and a half long movie because I cannot sit there and watch more than five or ten minutes at a time. It drives me nuts because it's not dubbed. I can't look away and still be able to know what's going on. I have to literally sit down and focus on the screen, otherwise I'm going to miss something important. You know? So for me, I prefer listening to a dub, because that way I can do something else and still be able to follow along with the story. Even with the dub, it took me like three hours to watch this movie. (laughs) And it's a two-hour-long movie, so it took me an extra hour, because I would have to pause it. At least when I'm not looking at it, I can still follow by what's going on in the dialogue. Is it as accurate as a sub? No. But it's the best I can handle. <laughs> yeah, I mean... 
that's a, I don't have attention deficits disorder, right? So, like, I can watch it, um, I can watch a dub and be kind of okay with it, as long as there's not too much, or I swear to God, sometimes they've got two people talking at the same time, or, like, you know, this other part going on, and then I have to stop it if I want to, like, watch the whole thing, or, like, read the whole thing, so, like, when that happens, that's really fucking hard, but other than that, I'm either dub or sub. I really just don't fucking care sometimes. It really just depends on when it's coming out. I usually go with subs, but that's because, you know, like, an episode's coming out, like, two weeks before the, you know, dubbed version's coming out, so. Yeah. That's a, that's all I, I can mean, really say about that. Like, well, you do I, you, I and... I put... I, put I, I know it puts me at sort of a disadvantage, because then, like... I really like the new dub of Sailor Moon by Viz Media, but they only have the first three seasons out of five or six. So I have to wait now until Viz Media finishes the dubs in order for me to finish watching it, because the original dub was so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I'm not, I'm not saying it does. It puts me at a huge disadvantage, but at the same time... It's the only way I can watch something like this and enjoy it. That's any foreign film or foreign created product. If it's not dubbed, I have the hardest time with it. <laughs> um, so, so just a little bit of... Uh, when I say that this movie is super influential, it is... The reason why I picked this movie uh, to start off this month is because it's... It's the movie that uh, broke anime into mainstream Western culture. Um, it's on tons of lists uh, saying, like, it's one of the best animation movies out there, the best anime movie, the best, you know, whatever. Uh, the There's, like, a list where it says, you know, which movies you have to watch, you know, a thousand and one. It's on that list. Um, it's inspired countless. Even Roger Ebert... Um, he gave it a thumbs up. So, so like, it is... Uh, this movie has inspired uh, quite a few things, um, including um, different artists and uh, writers. The, the guy who created Naruto says that um, Akira was an inspiration for him. Um, there's tons of... Um, like franchises that you know have taken from this uh it's it's been a major oh including pokemon naruto and dragon ball um there's also the case of it being a major influence uh when it comes to the film the matrix so we wouldn't have the matrix without this film uh some of the other ones a looper inception inception was awful but that's besides the point a uh, stranger things like, we wouldn't have that TV show. Um, it was also a pretty big um, influence for uh, part of the Star Wars franchise, including the prequel film trilogies. So, I mean, not the greatest, but... And then the Clone Wars film and uh, TV series. Um, oh, and it also inspired a musician that we all know. From the past no. week. No! I'm I sorry. told you not to bring this I'm up. I'm sorry. Uh, it, uh, Kanye West is a fan of the movie. Uh, he pays homage to it in his, uh, I think, 2009 Stronger music video. He had um, scenes from the movie. Maybe he thinks he's Tetsuo and he's going to be the new god. 
<laughs> Listen. I wouldn't I don't put know it past him. With Kanye West. If we put Kanye West and Donald Trump in the room, it would explode from the ego. Both of them have extremely large egos and think they are perfection. Um, he considers himself a fan of Donald Trump. I don't know how sincere he is in that, considering when asked what he loved about Donald Trump, he could not come up with a single fucking policy that he liked. Um... <laughs> Also, he said that um, 400 years, wow, it sounds like slavery was a choice. Man, I don't know what your problem is. <laughs> but I can tell you, right, there was this huge um, slavery, it was a choice hashtag this past week because of this. I can't. It was fucking gold. It was um, gold. <laughs> but um, also another part of this movie that I want to talk about is... Um, so, because it was such a big influence for Western media and, like, broke, you know, broke that, you know, barrier of uh, Western and Eastern culture. Um, but the fact is, Akira is based off of, like, Eastern ideals. And, like, like you couldn't do this movie in an American setting. It just wouldn't be the same. But they've been trying to make a live-action remake of this movie for, like, the past... Uh, 20 years more they've they honestly they have like there's a whole bit from the wikipedia page on like how many directors they've tried to get in and screenplay uh, like screenwriters and trying to you know get into the story but the fact is with this movie right it they, wouldn't make sense to do it. They in couldn't. An well, yeah. Setting. Like I mean, Ghost in the Shell got enough shit for whitewashing and race bending, right? So I'm at, like, they couldn't do this in America. Like they couldn't do the same as like Death Note and uh, all that stuff. Even and like Death Note was terrible because it was using Japanese culture to create, and you know, yeah, a, like. I don't know. I I watched I have watched part of Death Note the anime and I have watched the Death Note movie. The Death Note movie is terrible and not to mention you're trying to condense a very nuanced anime into an hour and a half. You yeah. know, and you miss a lot of the, you miss a lot of elements when you're trying to condense that quickly. Well, exactly. So like I mean, there's been a lot of um people attached to these projects most recently though i'm talking in like the last four years uh by the way there's been people who have definitely been against it uh including george takei who uh said in april 2011 um because there were some casting rumors and shit for this movie um but he said that like this movie couldn't can't be made without like japanese actors like it, it just it wouldn't be the same like they would need to do you, do you get it what I mean? It would literally have to be Japanese actors in Japan. <laughs> well, exactly. And that's the thing. They haven't even they haven't even remade this movie live action in Japan, let alone in the States, right? So um but yeah, they uh they've been really trying to to do this for the last couple of years. Um, and the only when, reason why is to capitalize on it. Well, exactly, because... They want to uh, make money. <laughs> well, nostalgia right now is pretty big, so I can understand why they want to make money from it, but I don't feel like they would, because, like, 
uh, one of the things that happened was uh, after the success of the movie Get Out, Jordan Peele was offered the director's chair for this movie and he passed on it because he was like, fuck it, I'm not. So like, <laughs> and, and most recently, September 2017, which was only a few months ago, um, it was announced that director um, Takash Taika um, Watiti uh, was in talks to be the director of this live action version. Um, Doubt it goes anywhere. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, will they actually come out with a live action version? I really hope not. I really hope they don't. I don't think they could do it. And like, it's just not to mention a lot of the shit that flies in this movie would not fly fly now. Well, I think they just need to leave it alone. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's very representative of the era that it was trying to portray. Mm -hmm. I think that's, you know, I think it's very quintessential 80s. In the 80s, there was a whole bunch of dystopian stuff going on because of the Cold War and the arms race and stuff like that. That's the thing, though. Like, dystopia is, like, hot again. I think it's a great product of its time. But the dystopia now is a little different. Uh not saying that dystopia is like dystopia is still in it's just different now yeah long story short i don't think they should adapt it into a into a live action version but you know i don't hold the key because the actual guy who created it um like recently he talked about it in uh, June of 2017 in an interview and he was like basically he said that he was basically done with Akira as a manga and if anybody wants to do something new with it then like he's pretty okay like he doesn't give a fuck so oh well oh but he also said that the only condition is that he would have to review and approve any scenario a writer may take with a live action film yeah yeah okay I guess we should get on to the tests. Oh, yeah, that's, like, part be, of this thing. This is going to be interesting. Um, does it pass the Bechdel test? Two named female characters talking on screen alone about something other than a male character. Oh, hell no. It does not pass. Um, racial Bechdel test. By American standards, yes. Because... Everyone in this movie was Japanese, and the original voice actors were also Japanese. So, Rachel Bechdel is uh, two people of color, anybody that's not white, talking on screen alone about something other than a white person. Definitely happens. Yeah. Um, then we have the DuVernay test, which is... Uh, uh, people of color having their own story arcs that don't rely on pushing the narrative of a white protagonist. This also happens because there's no white people. Yay! Um, then we have the Macomori test, which is a female character who has her own narrative that isn't necessarily to push a male narratives forward. I gave this a pass because Kay's motivations are not to further Canada's story. They are to further the resistance against a tyrannical government. Yeah, like, in the end, I don't even think they probably get together at the end. Like, she's not... No, I get... I get friend vibe. It's not a romantic relationship. She she (laughs) friend-zoned that shit. (laughs) 
yeah, so I gave I gave that a pass. I gave a pass. Um, the sexy lamp test, which is uh, you could replace a female named character with a sexy lamp, and it would not do anything to mess up the plot. And I'm sorry, but it it fails because honestly, Tetsuo's girlfriend was very useless. Yeah. Like, she literally had no point in being in the plot. You could cut her out, and it would still give us the same movie. Pretty much. So, unfortunately. Um, now, that being said, I do not think this movie is feminist at all whatsoever. No. It is, <laughs> uh, even though it passes three of the five, um, yeah, it's not a feminist film. Now, do I think it's a good film? For me, personally, I did not like it. But if you love science fiction, this is definitely something you'd probably enjoy. Science fiction is just not something I'm interested in. It's not really a genre I like. So I didn't find it that interesting, and it was hard for me to have empathy for any of the characters. God, you're going to have a hard time with Ghost in the Shell, because that's super science fiction. (laughs) Oh, well. Well, You picked them all this month. I did. I did. Well, that's because I I picked ones that I thought were pretty influential. Um, And this one, the fact is this movie is very, very influential. It's it's one of the most influential uh, movies, um, I would say, in the last little while, especially when it comes to animation. Um, Mm -hmm. And... uh, and the thing is, like, I I enjoyed this movie. I remember I watched it when I was um, when I was a teenager. I I didn't quite understand it when I was a teenager. And uh, I mean, there's parts that I probably don't quite understand, anyways, because uh, not exactly the sharpest tool in the shed. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Shrek. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> fuck. Okay, so. But I liked this movie. Um, I think it's a really good movie. I think it's super influential. I think that it's important. Um, And uh, also its soundtrack is fucking fire. Like, it's great. Yep. Well, I guess we should move on to Lynx. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit, we're done already. Uh, You can get to us on Facebook just at the Feminist Critique Podcast. We're also Gmail, the Feminist Critique Podcast at gmail.com. And then south of at South of Grace is my Twitter handle. Yeah. And uh, mine is Ajlene's, uh, which is A-I-S-L-E-N-E-S. That's both uh, Twitter and Instagram. Don't follow me on Facebook. Uh, that's my own account. You can follow us. Uh, I think Gracie said it, but you can follow the Feminist Critique on Facebook. Um, we've also got... Do we have a Twitter? Not yet. <laughs> Gracie, get on that shit. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ, I barely update my own Twitter. <laughs> yeah, but... I, I do the Facebook page. You do the Twitter. I did the Facebook page this week with Shrek, so you can... Get off my ass. Well, now. And. Look at you. And. I. Anyways. <laughs> um, you didn't yeah. a point. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can also uh, check out my, um, my radio station's website. It's not like my radio station, but like I work there. 
uh, and that is kix.fm. That's K-I-X dot F-M. Um, I've said this every other episode, but like all the opinions I shared with you on this podcast, nothing to do with my employer. Uh, they have their own opinions. I've got my own. I'm an awful person. They're like kind of decent, maybe. But yeah, God, I'm going to get fired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what are we doing next week? How's Moving Castle? Yes. Yeah. So uh, how's Moving we Castle? Couldn't do anime, we couldn't do anime month without one Hayao Miyazaki movie. Yeah. I wanted to do at least one Studio Ghibli movie, um, but I didn't want to do all Studio Ghibli movies. And there's a lot. There's a lot to pick from. Um my first go-to was Spirited Away, but I felt like that one was too predictable. And Howl's Moving Castle is actually one of my favorites. And uh, there's I also love... a bit of a story behind it, too. If it, if it were my choice, I would have chosen Kiki's Delivery Service. <laughs> mm, that's a good one, too. But... I fucking love that movie. See? I'm not completely uncultured swine. Yeah, I love that movie, too. I actually have a Kiki's Delivery Service uh, purse. It's got Gigi on it. It's so cute. Aww, I, know. I love Gigi. Gigi is the cutest cat ever. Um, anyway. Yeah, and uh, the other movies that we're doing this month, uh, we're, of course, going to do Your Name, which uh, was the highest grossing anime film of all time. Um, so we're going to be doing that one, uh, in our third week. And then I think we're doing in this corner of the world, which, uh, I've picked because of its, uh, relation to, um, World War II. Um, mm-hmm. and then we also are probably going to have a bonus episode and that is Ghost in the Shell because again, that is a very influential movie and, uh, we might actually, you know, watch the, um, the live action version too. <laughs> no, we're not. What? <laughs> no. I think we should. I think I'm we going should. to. Anyway, we're gonna do that. We're gonna do. Well, you can watch both. I'm going to watch the one. I. That's it. <laughs> okay. Uh, um. So yeah, we will see you guys next week when we do Howl's Moving Castle. So have a good night. Bye. Bye. So I just kind of wanted to add a little bit uh, to the end of this, even though we just said goodbye, but I forgot to talk about the budget and the box office. The budget was 1.1 billion yen, which uh, is about 10 million uh, US dollars. But then if you convert it from 1988 to now, that's 2.20 uh, million dollars, which was pretty unprecedented at the time. Uh, the box office, though, was um, in yen in Japan was uh, seventy f- was seven hundred and fifty million yen, which wasn't that great. They didn't do too well in Japan, but in U.S. dollars, they uh, worldwide they made forty nine million, which. Uh, this was technically a success. Not in Japan, but it was a worldwide success. So yeah, I just wanted to add that. Anyways, Gracie, do you want to say bye again? Bye! Bye! Hey, so like we, you know, missed another part, but like recently there was an article where they were talking about Akira 
and the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Now, in the movie, they are getting all set up for the 2020 uh, Tokyo Olympics. And everybody, you know, in the last little while has been saying that uh, Akira predicted that uh, Tokyo was going to host the 2020 Olympics. Um, now, one of the things that Tokyo is doing for the construction is uh, they're putting scenes from Akira all over the place, like on um, like panels and it's it's like street art kind of but it's it's all akira so i just kind of wanted to make a quick quick mention about that because i thought it was pretty cool right gracie yeah right okay anyways this is actually the last one i'm gonna shut up for real maybe okay bye bye